Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Tonight, as we begin our teaching, we are talking about a blessed life. Everybody say a blessed life. Bless. And specifically, a disciple's money. And if money, talking about money bothers you, you know, uh, take it up with a power company because every month they want your. People go to marriage counseling sometimes because of. Uh, in fact, people rob banks and go to jail because of. <laughs> so it's a pretty important subject. Jesus had a lot to say about it. Amen. We go. <laughs> Some of you, be honest. If you won the lottery and you had all them millions coming in, the first thing you'd do is quit your job because you're working because of. All right. But uh, we want to have a godly perspective about it. And uh, I won't be able to cover all these notes tonight. I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to hit the highlights. But we're going we're gonna to talk about this topic this month. And then in, in uh, what, what month is this? This is March. And then in April, we're going to talk about relationships. And uh, I, don't, I don't know of two more important subjects in our lives than finances and relationships. And... Uh, in fact, uh, one, of, one of my favorite series by one of my preachers I like to listen to was entitled Shipwrecked. And it's, it's based on relationships that just cause people to go get shipwrecked. And, uh, but anyway, we're going we're gonna to have our own approach to that, and we'll be doing that over these next couple of months. And so I hope you're excited. How many of you are excited tonight? Yeah. Y'all didn't get too full tonight, did you? Okay. Amen. You got full, but not too full. Praise God. So... Here's the thing I want you to understand above all others. No matter where you are, if you're not in a place of being blessed, and if you're not in a place of being fruitful, listen, it can change. It can get better. I said it can change, it can get better. You don't have to stay stuck where you are. You are not powerless to change things in your life. And I know, you know, as we talk about money, people say, well, you know, the church, why does does the church talk about money? I I very seldom ever do. But let me tell you this. If you had been with me just in the last week to hear all the needs that had come across my desk, if you had just been with me last night downtown to hear the needs that come across that I am constantly saying, oh, God, I want to help here. I want to help there. And I know you're the same way. How many of you know that there are needs out there? There are needs in our lives. There are needs in our family. There are needs in the body of Christ. There's so many needs that I want to be a part of. And I was challenged last night here locally, downtown, and at the Save a Life banquet. Man, the speaker, he just, wow, it's powerful. There are needs, and it takes money. To do what God has called us to do. It takes money to save lives. It takes money to change lives. That's not the only thing, but it's one of the things. And so that's why if you're happy and you're blessed and you're saying, Brother Scotty, bless God, I am just so good off. I am just so well off. I don't need a thing. We're just kicking back, taking it easy. Well, then let's start believing for you to be able to bless somebody else. Now, let me just say this. Like I said, I don't know how far I'll get in my notes, but that's okay. 
This isn't about, I have no ulterior motives. This is not about me having gold-plated bathtubs. I got, we got no gold-plated tubs at our house. We have no gold-plated faucets. It's quiet. I'm not against any of that. That's just not our heart. That's not our desire. That's not what we're after. I want to see the kingdom. I want to see the kingdom flourish. I want to see needs met. I want to see missionaries funded. I want to see lives changed. Oh, God, I want to see lives changed with the gospel. And I'm not against anybody. I'm just saying that's not what we're here for. So let me just establish this. And for some of you, this is going to be basic, but we'll run through it real quick, these first parts. First of all, poverty is not a blessing. It is a curse. You go, to me, you go with me anywhere in the world where poverty is, is the way of life. And I'm telling you, it's a hard life. You die early. You die prematurely. And you do not live life that Jesus came to give us, which is John 10, 10, abundant life. So right in the beginning, this is very simple, very basic, and most of you know this, but we need to say it for those that are new with us and those who have, have come to be a part of this. And by the way, if you have joined us on these Wednesday nights and are now part of our church family here and you're coming in, God bless you. We're so glad to have you. Stay with us. We want to see your life changed. We want to see your life blessed. We had, by the way, we had last Sun, last Wednesday night, we prayed, we had a healing service. I had two or three healing testimonies come in already from last Wednesday night, and more are going to be coming on the way. So that's something we're going to we're continue, uh, continue to tap into. But God wants us to prosper. Poverty is a curse. It is not a blessing. And as our shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not... He will always lead us away from lack. So my challenge to you is don't let religion or the way that you were raised or somebody who has abused the prosperity message talk you out of the fact that God does want to bless you. Expand the boundaries of your heart. I'm expanding the boundaries of my own heart. And I'm, I'm believing to expand the boundaries of this church for us to be able to get to a place to where our resources are going to be increased and your resources are going to be increased. There are two aspects that we need to develop, though, as we talk about a disciple's money and we talk about living a blessed life. We not only want to have blessing, but listen, with it, we want to develop our character so that our prosperity and blessings do not destroy us. Yeah. And we want to develop wisdom as well. Yes. Knowledge is, is knowing something. Wisdom is knowing what to do about it and how to apply that knowledge. And we need all of these. We want wisdom about the path that we should walk toward our goals, both corporately and individually. But here's the bottom line again. It is, it is ridiculous to say, well, Lord, if it be your will, bless me. I'm going to tell you, according to the word of God, God has already declared and decreed it is his will to bless you. The people I was, the, 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 the meeting I was again uh, at, at last night, that just my heart just overflowed as I, I was able to see people who were able to sow because they've been blessed. 
and they know the reason that they've been blessed. They understand why. So, Jesus expressed his will for us, and God's will was expressed. Let me say it this way. God's will was expressed through Jesus when he raised from the dead, and thereby he made us inheritance. He gave us an inheritance. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Can you say amen with me tonight? If he has received the inheritance and we are in him, there is no way we cannot share in that same inheritance. That's why the scripture says we are joint heirs. Everybody say we're joint heirs. If it's his, it's ours. Say it this way. If it's his, it's mine. Deuteronomy 8 says this, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. I believe that it bothers me, and you've heard me say it, but i got to say it again for those who haven't heard it, that the casinos have all the money and the churches don't have any, that the missionaries don't have any money and the mafia's got all kinds of it. That is not God's plan. God wants to bless his people so that they can establish his covenant in the earth and we can be a light to the nations. That is God's will. And I know some of you think, well, Brother Scotty, I just struggle to get by. Remember what we said when we started. It can change. Your life can change for the better. Wave at me if you're here tonight. I'm telling you, your life can change for the better. And I know some of you are thinking, but I'm on a fixed income. There's no such thing in the covenant of God. God can make a way where there is no way. I understand. If you only got a, you, you only got your retirement or you got the social security, but I'm just telling you, we have got to rise up in faith, exercise our faith, Start speaking the word of God and believe that God can make a way where there is no way in our lives and even take us beyond a fixed income. Somebody say that's good preaching, Brother Scott. Amen. Listen, wealth is not it. A lot of people teach, and this has been a false teaching through the church, that wealth was evil. Wealth is not evil unless it becomes the source of our trust and our confidence. Replacing our reliance on God. And, and, and here's something else. Neither should wealth ever be gained through dishonest means. Now, these are all, these are all just really basic. Or manipulation. Can I meddle just a little? You go to a meeting and they take an hour and a half taking up the offering. You know why they do that? Because it works. Give because God puts it on your heart to give. Learn to hear God's voice. We're going to talk about this before the night is over. Let God impress upon your heart those areas that are full of integrity, those places that are, are showing uh, results for what they're doing, and they're, they're honest. And begin to obey God and give into those areas. That is good ground. And I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not ashamed to tell you, and I'm just going to insert this. I hadn't even meant, meant to, to say it. But one aspect, uh, uh, back in January, we got one of those letters that you just love to get. And I think I see Steve back there. Uh, he came to me, him and Robert came to me and said, from the IRS, they're going to audit the uh, daycare here. So now, how many of you know that's joy unspeakable, not in full of glory? Come on, you know you don't want one of them. 
But we, look, we, you know, of course you, you, you have all these thoughts that run through. Well, make a long story short, we've got a great department there. They're full of integrity. Let me tell you what, the IRS agent that came and did it last week left and his words were, this is one of the most exceptional places I've ever seen. Your books, everything that you had, all that I have seen was exceptional and rare. In fact, it's the best audit I've ever done. We passed with flying colors. To God be the glory and thank God for people in places of integrity that you can know. Man, God's good. God's good. And I'm not, I hadn't, hadn't planned on mentioning that, but you needed to hear it. We're not here to manipulate you. But wealth should be expressed as the fruit of applying God's principles to our personal and to our business life. It's the fruit of seek first the kingdom, not seek first the things, but seek first the kingdom. And then what happens? All these things shall be added unto you. It should be expressed as experiencing his grace, listen, to expand the capacity of our heart. God knows our heart, what we desire to do, what we want to see happen. Not only that, but a life of love that expresses itself through generosity towards God's purposes. Now, in the new covenant, we understand that we should never seek wealth ahead of seeking God and seeking the kingdom. I just said it. It's Matthew 6, 33. The ultimate determining factor of a heart that can prosper by the grace of God and not be destroyed is one who puts God's purposes first. How many of you know, oh, I can't preach this tonight, but the law first. First things. Do you know the first always belongs to God? It's always his. The first always belongs to God. The first fruits are already here, always his. Don't have time to teach that tonight, but it's, it's so vitally important that we understand that. And money is just one aspect of an abundant life. Having money doesn't make you any better than anybody else and certainly does not give you the right or the authority to demean people and talk mean and ugly to people and talk down to people. That's just a little extra in there that won't cost you anything. It goes farther than material goods. He said, Beloved, I wish that you might prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. God wants us to prosper in our soul. Money can't buy family. It can't buy great relationships. It can't buy a good reputation. And it can't always buy, buy your physical well-being. Although not having it can limit some of those things. So you got to take the other side of that just as well, all right? But don't underestimate or exclude these blessings from your definition of abundance. When we talk about abundance and when we talk about prosperity, we're not just talking about stuff. Because there are plenty of people who have a lot of money who don't have a prosperous, abundant life. Are y'all here tonight? A truly prosperous person desires the fullness of God in every area of their life, spirit, soul, and body. 
And as we walk and grow with God in grace, this changes us. It changes our want to. It changes our desires. How many, you know, I look back on my life and I can promise you 30 years ago, if I had come into millions of dollars at that time, I would have been completely different in my outlook and what I would have desired to do with it than I do now. Because as I have grown with God, so have my desires changed. Are you following me? It starts with an acknowledgement of God's truth and a decision to apply that truth to our life. So let's talk real quickly about now tonight about growing in the grace for wealth. It gets so quiet. Everybody say wealth. wealth. Everybody tenses up when you say it. It's like, oh, I don't want, hey, come on. This is, a, this is a God thing when we do it God's way. Amen. And it's God's desire for us. Yeah. I tell you what, I, I want to stop right here in just a minute and, and, and for just a moment and say this too. I believe it is God's desire and plan and purpose for us that we all begin to move even more and more closely to getting completely out of debt as well. Whether it's through debt cancellation, whether it's through increase, some way, somehow, that God can take us all to the place. How many of you would like, come on, let's get, how many want to be debt free? I do. I'm not there yet, but I'm closer than I used to be, and I want to be completely. Now, some of you may be there already. Glory to God. Pray for the rest of us. We grow, in that, we grow in that grace for that. So let me give you some points here as we uh, talk about this. First of all, and this is important, commit yourself to a life of courageous generosity. Amen. Has anybody in here ever had God tell you, do, tell you to do something that didn't make a whole lot of sense in the natural? Yes. Give that last $10. Well, how many of you were here Sunday? What did, God, what did God tell the woman through the prophet? She was about to eat her last meal and die, her and her son. The prophet said, go and make me a meal. Makes no sense in the natural. She was committed to a life of courageous generosity. Listen to this. The generous soul shall be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Somebody say, I receive that. It's the generosity. It's the lifestyle of those who live like Jesus and share his love. All right, we're going we're to move on because I don't have time to cover so much of this. Listen, some of the churches in the book of Acts, uh, they ministered to Paul. They ministered to Silas. They were partners with them in ministry. They connected with them. They had, they had uh, and listen, that means when you partner with somebody and you give, you know, when you guys partner with us and, and, and we minister to a thousand pastors and leaders in Latvia, that is credited to your account. Those of you that are big givers that save a life, those babies that are saved, my God, those are, those are credited to your account. Those of you that are sowing in the mission field and, and here at home as well, the lives that are touched and changed, that's part of your fruit. Amen. 
Say, I receive it. You need to see that. This is demonstrated throughout the whole New Testament. But we can make a difference in our broken world, listen, by being a church that practices generosity as we love all people. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Let me move along real quickly because I've only got about another 10 minutes. So number two, number one was commit yourself to a life of courageous generosity. In fact, I want everybody to say with me, I am am a bold bold and courageous courageous giver. All right. That's what I'm telling you, man. You can listen. And, And some of you, you're out there so far. You have, you, I mean, you can't see the shore anymore, bless God. You have, I mean, you out on that limb and you've handed God the saw and you're out there trusting God, amen, and believing that God's going to take you forward. Number two, establish the foundational truth, and we've already touched on this, in your life that it is God's will to bless you and ask God to help you grow in grace to apply this truth to your life. Now, again, I'm going to say it. The Bible does not teach that it is God's will for us to be poor and destitute. It does not. We've already said Psalm 35, 27. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his. How many servants of God are in here? How many sons and daughters of God in here? I got news for you. God rejoices when we're doing well. Our Heavenly Father, like any loving parent, does not mind if his children are financially blessed. So we're going to keep hammering that. Number three, if your success any time in your life begins to be filled with trouble, sorrow, strife, slow down and spend some time with God and get some answers. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no The person who destroys what he values to have wealth is a fool. That's in Proverbs. Did you hear what I said? The person who destroys what he values to have wealth is a fool. Money doesn't make you the person you are. It magnifies the person you are. What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your own health? I'm telling you, the older I get, the more I realize how smart God is. You get his priorities in alignment in your life, and it will change your life for the better in every area, spirit, soul, and body, and that includes our money. Y'all here tonight, church. Number four, and I just touched on this, don't overwork to be rich. Now, the, the, the counterpart of this is you can't be lazy either. You know, Proverbs, I'm trying, he that don't work, doesn't need. Proverbs 23, 4 says, observe the law. uh, 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 It talks about this in in detail. I won't take time to read it. We've got to move on. But observe the laws of health and wholeness. 
Be sure to preserve your health because health because many diseases are stress related. And somebody said this, and I, I thought it was good. Overwork is slow suicide. You're just doing it 16 hours a day. You're just not doing it as fast as somebody else. Have time in your life, listen, for God, for family, and for friends. Did you hear what I said? I better say that again because I didn't, I didn't, I'm not getting much help. Have time in your life for God, for family, and friends. Amen. And when you have to work long, pace yourself so that you don't become, you can get addicted to stress. To where you literally feel like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing unless you're stressed out. I'm preaching to me on that one. Enjoy time away and find some stress relievers in your life without feeling guilty and condemned about it. Enjoy the fruit of your labor. What good is the fruit of your labor if you can't take a bite of the apple? Come on, enjoy what God has blessed you with. Enjoy it. God gave it to you to enjoy. He gives us all things richly to enjoy. Man, thank you. Amen. I receive that. Number five, don't allow money and success to corrupt you. Proverbs 28, 6 says this. He who loves, I'm sorry, better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Most character flaws of the rich were developed when they were poor. So you don't have to be rich to be corrupt. And listen, y'all hear? You don't have to be rich to be greedy. Hold yourself to the high standards of honesty and integrity. Number six, we're doing good. Learn contentment as you press forward. Proverbs 21, 17 says, He who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. I didn't say it. God said it. (laughs) What that's saying is this. Bigger houses and finer cars will not always solve your problems. There is a, there's a balance. We want, to, we want to progress. We want to go forward. We want to move into the destiny that God has for us. But we don't want to constantly be in competition with the world and everybody else thinking we've got to be like them. We've got to do what they do. And we've got to have what they have in order to be happy. And so you've got you to balance that in your, in your life. If you raise your standard of living with every increase you get, you'll never prosper to the degree that you need to bless other people. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Prosperity is when you have more than enough. And here it is. How many of you ever heard of plastic surgery? And I'm not talking about the kind the movie stars have. We had to do this in our life. 
a time. When, I talk, when I'm talking about when I say plastic surgery is you get out the scissors and you cut, you cut the master out of the card. Amen. Because I tell you, that's, you know, that can be something that really is, is big. Deeper and deeper into debt and seeking more and more pleasure and you never have enough. But as you grow and prosper, listen, it takes, and this is why I said this at the, at the start. God give us wisdom and character to develop what you give us with integrity and with good stewardship. Amen? So that's something we need to think about too. Number seven, remember the Lord when you come into your success. Now God said this in Deuteronomy 8, 18 and 19. He says this, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers this day. We've already said it. You know, you can get to the point to where you start thinking you are smart and you did all this and you don't need anybody's help. And boy, I tell you what, don't think you got this by your strength and power. Listen, don't get an exaggerated sense of self just because you got money. Having money doesn't make you great. Here it is. What you do with it can make you great. And I want to say it this way. In the end... We aren't remembered for what we have. We are remembered by what we did with what we have. Thank you, Brother Bobby. I received that. Amen. What I'm saying is use your money wisely and to influence the kingdom and to touch hearts and lives. And God doesn't mind at all if you're blessed and you prosper and you have good things. God doesn't mind that at all. But I'm telling you, we've got to be kingdom-minded. Amen? Number eight, learn to follow the voice of God in your heart. I said this, but I'm going to say it again. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And the voice of another they will not follow. So what that means is, God has a unique plan, a unique purpose, a unique design for every one of us in this house for how we get money and what we do with it and where it goes. And some of you have, you have, and I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to just fan the, these flames. You have a desire for businesses. You have a desire for ministry that is connected to business. You have uh Plans that God has put in your heart to see things happen that will not only bless you, but will bless other people. And as you're sensitive to his voice, he will lead you on a path that will take you to where you need to get in that place. Amen? Amen? Allow God to lead you to the success, listen, that is unique to you, to your skills, to your dreams, and to your life experience. Amen. Brother Scotty, I don't know if I got any skills. I can't get up and talk in front of people. Well, I tell you what, if you can fix stuff, you got skills that I will pay you for. Yeah. 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 Y'all have heard that story. I put up some ceiling fans one time and Susan would not let the boys, they were little, she wouldn't let them lay down under them. 
for a long time. She said, boys, boys, I can't imagine why, because the first time I turned one of them on, it flew off like a helicopter. <laughs> Boy, for a long time, she said, boys, don't lay down under them. Your daddy put those up. We have skills, John, that others don't have that we can be uh, blessed in and prosper in. And I tell you, you've got things that you can do that other people cannot do. And that God will lead you and develop you in it. That's his desire. God wants to be good to you. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. God wants to increase you. I feel that in this house tonight. God is saying that. Our lives can be different. Our lives can be blessed. I'm still believing for some of you to have your own business, have your own restaurant. You don't have to, where you don't have to work for anybody else anymore, where you are the one who is prospering. You're not working to prosper somebody else. You're working to prosper you and prosper the kingdom. Can I get an amen? Oh, man, I'm releasing that in Jesus' name. God will lead you into a success that you enjoy and that can also at the same time, listen, bring you incredible fulfillment where you feel fulfilled and full of joy about it. To follow God on your own unique path requires an unshakable trust that comes from walking with God over time. There is nothing like having a history with our Lord. Amen. Knowing who he is. Knowing that he loves us. Knowing that he wants to bless us. We talk ourselves out of so much. Because of past teaching. Because of false teaching. Because of things we've heard. We talk ourselves out of these things. I'm going to tell you, he's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. Allow the Holy Spirit within you to rise to the occasion. Amen. I want everybody to say with me tonight, let God arise, let God arise. and every enemy, every enemy of my prosperity, my prosperity. Be, scattered. be scattered. Let's, uh, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Let's put, can you guys put that up on there? I think it's there. Here we go. Let's stand up and do this, and then you can break up and we'll go to our small groups. Everybody read it out loud together and let's say it in faith. Lord, I choose to live the life you planned for me. A life that is flourishing, abundant, and overflowing. No matter where I am right now, I know it can change. Oh, we got to do that again. No matter where I am right now, I know it can change. One more time. No matter where I right now, I know it can change for the better. Teach me how to break out of the lack mentality and teach me how to live with surplus and abundance. Well, we're not through yet. I think there's a little more. Here we go. Show me how to live life to the fullest with ample resources for the kingdom, ample resources for my journey, and surplus resources to bless and help others because I cannot give what I do not have. I believe that my future will be marked by the abundance of your provision. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Now give God praise in the house for the word tonight.
And let me say this as I, as I close it up. You know, I said at the beginning, you know, we don't, we don't have gold-plated faucets. And Look, if you want gold-plated faucets and gold-plated bathtubs, that's a big deal to you. God don't care if you have those. As long as it don't have you, it's not controlling you, and the motivation behind it is what I'm saying. If those things, look, there are things that you're believing for that I'm not believing for. But that's because we're all different. So if you want to have those things, that's fine. What I'm saying is this. We've got to keep it all in perspective under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I wish somebody in, in the house would, tonight would say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus. In fact, let's say it this way. Jesus, Jesus. You, are Lord you are Lord of my money. Of my money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.